and welcome to the Church of Pentem podcast, the premier Battle Spirits saga talk show. May the cores be our saviors. I'm Spirit, your head of service, and joined by me are my apostles, John and Cosmic. John, welcome back to the show. How are you feeling this week? I am feeling great. Just got back from vacation, had a work trip followed by vacation, so I am energized and uh, ready to talk about the new stuff. Yeah, lots on the horizon and uh, Cosmic for another week. How you doing, buddy? Yay, new week, new me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that's like a pretty good take. I think for the most part, uh, you know, new format, new us, new battle spirits, right? I think is going to be a lot of exciting. So uh, there was a ban list and we are going to be talking about that. First off, we're going to be talking about the Melbourne Grand Open. There was another one that happened this weekend. We've just been turboing through Grand Opens the entirety of the month. Uh, and Melbourne is another one added onto that list. So we'll just touch base on kind of what happened there. Then go and talk about the Grand Open dates fixed for Europe. Uh, then we'll jump onto the ban list. Then, of course, everyone's favorite segment, guess that flavor text. And then finally, we'll be closing out more reveals. Uh, we, they've added now every color has kind of, we've seen kind of what they're going for, as well as magics have been starting to see the release. And we've seen the nexuses. We kind of know what the sanctuaries will do. So lots to talk about on that front. But yeah, to, yeah go ahead, John. I was going to say, do we know how many cards we've seen? Does someone have like a total count? I didn't even think to look. Uh, I think we're like 101 or something like that. Yeah. So I think I think we're some ballpark of 20 something cards, which kind of makes sense when you yeah. consider that the only things we haven't really seen are the magics from green and blue and, and then the x-rayers, right? the which are 14 yeah. of those. So yeah, I would say ballpark 20 is what we haven't seen yet. Should yeah. be exactly 20, in fact. <laughs> yeah, so tomorrow that, well, I guess today, based on when this is being posted, we should get the last magics and then Thursday x-rayers mm -hmm. thursday and friday probably yeah there yeah. won't be enough magics for how they've been releasing them so far so there's a small chance that we get an x-ray tomorrow but i doubt that they're going to do that for us it'll probably have to wait another day yeah, yeah. If, they, if they do the lore set thing <laughs> where they're giving us one card a day i'm going to pop <laughs> yeah. so yeah so so magics x-rayers and then by the weekend we should be getting the sprs uh okay yeah. so so by this time next week we'll have the whole set Yep. And then uh, for what it's worth, hopefully also TPs like they're not super impactful for the first couple of grand opens because they usually wait a couple of weeks before making them legal. But I yeah. mean, you know, we had Scope Owl in set one. We had Axe Spider. So kind of see where the power level threshold falls on those. So hopefully they group those together because there's not that much time until the release of the set. So, yeah. And, you know, speaking of the TP cards, I feel like now with the bannings, some of those from set two might see more play. So, mm hmm. Not quite sure which ones yet, but like both green ones are pretty good. I think it's just you know, axe spider nonsense, pterosaur nonsense kind of kept a lot of that down. The fact that Koju doesn't protect himself though is straight offensive. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, I want that to is tough. That card so much, but as I like, yeah. playing armor tree, it's just like I caught him every single time. I got down to like one or two and then just wasn't worth it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 worth noting that. Even though he can't get himself, your opponent still has to at least get him first and then the other yep. stuff. You know, he's not useless. And if purple gets, you know, more popular now with these bannings, uh, you know, he could certainly see some play. Yeah, mm -hmm. very, very much like him as a sideboard option for sure, yeah. for consideration. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a lightning rod, right? Like you said, like it's, um, it's almost like, um, how in Magic now they do a lot of ward, which is just like an additional cost to removing. He's kind of like a ward spirit in a sense where they need to spend double the amount of removal to be able to get rid of the thing they actually want to get rid of. So at least right. there's that. Yeah. 
So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, we will go ahead and jump right into uh, the results of Melbourne. And to be honest, I think it's a lot of more of the same, if, if we're being real here. Um, I think Pterosaurs kind of like everyone's kind of running the the true duelist tech of all the uh, jokers kind of in the main to kind of help you against hedge against the axe matchup. But I've also heard that axes and or what's worth TP promos in general aren't super accessible in the rest of the world as they are in NA. Um, I know I've even just now a couple hours ago got messaged by a couple of Chileans asking me if I could bring some axe spiders with me over to Chile. <laughs> so, you know, access is definitely a big thing there. So who knows? But in terms of the top cut, we're seeing uh, half the spread be Terra, which one of them is Alex because he's doing his whole international road tour right now. So uh, congratulations once again to Mr. Blandon. Uh, then we did get two purple player decks, one Axe Spider deck, and then a green deck. So I think kind of general, everything that we've seen, right? Like so far, the entire set two wave or season or whatever you want to call it has essentially been kind of like a three, like a 2.5 way battle where it's been a back and forth between Axe Spider and Pterosaur especially now that Pterosaur has the main deck Jokers, they kind of see way more representation in the top cut. Uh, then we've got Tempo Purple, which I think both lists were essentially Tempo Purple lists, kind of fighting it through. And then odd times you'll find like the odd green deck that kind of breaks in. Rip Yellow, because Lord knows that color hasn't seen a top cut since like three months ago. So, <laughs> but, you know, I think generally more the same. I don't think there's much innovation for us to kind of pull from this, but with the ban list now, this is kind of the last tournament or the almost last tournament of the format so you know going yeah yeah, going into chile is going to be the last one and i assume card access is kind of on the same par in australia as it kind of is in chile maybe a little bit harder in chile even so this is probably at least a good indicator for what the last grand open of the season is going to look like yeah i don't i don't think any of this is really a big surprise pterosaurs over the last two events you know for sure really three if you count scotland uh you know, it was really taken off once the Joker tech kind of got out there. Um, but, I mean, other than that, none of this is really a surprise. Uh, I feel like the green aggro makes perfect sense. You know, Axe Spider is kind of its worst matchup, and if there's not much Axe Spider, then obviously it can sneak in there. Also has a pretty good Pterosaur matchup, so that's really not surprising. And then I know the Hong Kong players love purple, so, you know, t- two purple decks in there, you know, I don't think any of this is really surprising. Mm-hmm. The one thing I got to give a shout out to, though, and we saw this with um, Ayumu's data set and also just knowing what we saw in the top 30 re- 32 reports for some of the other Grand Opens is that green isn't played in usually a, a good amount, right? In terms of a very small amount of the field overall, but it does happen to sneak into like top 16 or top eight from time to time. So I'm hoping that we will see more green within set three. We did get some insane Nexus cards with it. Um, at the time of recording this, we haven't seen the magics yet, but uh, you know, fingers crossed for some good green magic. But I definitely think with the lore set at a minimum, green does gain a lot uh, going into this. So uh, green is the new yellow where it like, just barely gets into those top cuts and whatnot. But um, I'm really excited to see these, uh, these X-Rares you know, uh, in a couple days as we talked about here soon. Yeah, I mean, speaking of green, I mean, I think green aggro is a very, very, very good deck. Uh, it's fast, and the guys are just gigantic. Um, so, you know, I was saying its worst matchup is uh, Axe Spider, and with that no longer in the meta, uh, you know, I think that green is really well-suited, at least for aggro, for the Pro Tour at the very least, and going into set two, we'll kind of see what they gain and can do with it. Um, but you know, it's 
it's a great deck, I think. So seeing one in, you know, Melbourne, of course, Tam top aided, Tulsa with it. Um, you know, I think that the deck from the Grand Open was similar, except it had four Valkyrie Miss main deck, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, it's a really cool deck. I I don't think you need the Elasmoth anymore uh, with the new Tokiwa. Like, I think it's kind of the same thing, except better. Trade swap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you probably find room for a third or maybe even a fourth Tokiwa, but you want at least three. Uh, but I, I think that deck is really well opposition i think everyone should have at least some version of it in their testing on it for the pro tour i keep telling everyone on my own videos and i keep in the discord like i'm 99 sure it's just what i'm playing at the pro tour and you know it might not be the best pick overall but just coming out of what i've been playing a lot of of set to meta and just knowing that it gets in a better position it's just what i have the most reps with what i'm the most comfortable with and tokyo and the very limited games i've been playing so far and proxying that up already um has been insane like just a mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. card yeah yeah, yeah. It's good. You know, you kind of just play like a Hellbent style deck, which is, you know, no hand. So you just play pretty much face up on the uh, the table like white aggro, except you have this five drop that comes back every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling card engine uh, with the benefit that like your bodies also aren't really vanillas. Like the benefit of aggro of green aggro is that like your bodies tend to do something like. You'll play your worker ants and stuff like that. So you'll be able to ramp up into your bigger stuff to level them up better. But also you probably just happen to have things like Tokiwa, which is like the odd Gale body, right? And I think yeah. it's kind of nice that at least your your bodies on board have that utility versus kind of white aggro, where it's just it's faster, but it's also this is what you're gonna get. So yeah, you know, with Tokiwa, Emerald Pencer, you might even be able to to tech in like one Koju, uh Thorn Prison. You have so many ways, Dream Bomb, Valkyrie Mess, like your opponent's just never blocking. So, mm-hmm. well, suppression comes back, right? Everyone, everyone slides yeah. back in those two main uh, main slots, but uh, yeah. some will battle through one way or another. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the benefit being that, like, you're generally gonna have fine bot. You can survive through suppression attacks depending on how you line up your green attacks, which is kind of nice. Maybe you only get off one, but so I, I, I think there's a world there. I think obviously we're going to talk about the balance in just a second, but I think there's a large overarching impact of losing kind of some of the biggest threats of the meta and kind of how that moves forward, especially since realistically, re- anyways, we'll talk about those during the bad list, but realistically the impact is only going to be so limited when realistically the Pro Tour is going to be the only tournament in this format. Yeah, right. Um, so, I mean, before we just kind of jump into that to kind of close the ends on that, uh, we did talk last week about how the Grand Open in Wave 3 uh, there was an overlap between DreamHack happening in Germany and the Pro Tour itself. The tournament were happening on the same weekend. <laughs> so uh, that was very unfortunate, but thankfully Bandai did hear out the cries and a lot of frustration from the players in the communities uh, and did end up changing the date. So now it's actually uh, moved over to Liverpool happening on November 18th and 19th, which is great. I mean, I think at least giving whoever didn't have the opportunity to be able to go and attend a Netherlands one will have a chance to go here. Um, I think... It being in London is like a pro and a con. I think you have a larger player base that live in London, so you're going to get a lot more like people who are around that region kind of participating. But from what I hear from other Europeans, London is one of the, or England is one of the harder countries to get into ever since they left the European Union because of like, you know, if you go to any other European country, you can kind of just walk across the border and it's chill, but obviously there's a little bit more there once uh, you involve uh, the UK. So a little bit iffy there, but at the end of the day, I think in terms of the quick turnaround time, because this was what a turnaround time of like a week, 10 days or something like that to be able to get a new event spot and date. So I'm a big yeah. ups for Bandai for at least kind of working through that. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a great call. You know, I'm sure people from Germany aren't thrilled that they now have to travel to the UK yet again for another event, but it's for the greater good. I mean, you know, you can't just stick, you know, they're, they're cramming six plus the pro tour. So they're cramming seven events in what, like a six week window or something, you know, crazy like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the pro tour being, uh, I think, what is it? We have all of November and three. Yeah. So there's seven weeks from, the second pro tour to the third pro tour. So it's like impossible to fit all those events. So, you know, I think they're doing the best that they can. Uh, you know, we'll see how it works out for the attendance, but, you know, I think this is what they had to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is you just need to commit to the system that you built. You built a grand open system that feeds into the pro tour. You can't just blatantly have a tournament that doesn't feed into that system. You kind of like, this is what, the system you filled out for the year, you kind of just have to follow through and allow that everyone can participate in a way that you promised it. So yeah, I, at the end definitely. of the day, I, I still the, I still think the structure for next year should probably be more similar to the way their other Bandai games do it than a Pro Tour system. I think, unfortunately, the yeah. system really only works for big games like Pokemon, like Magic the Gathering. But I think in terms of like, you just got to see it through and hopefully um, maybe with Worlds, we'll have announcements of how they do it next year. But at the very least, you know, they, they recognize that something kind of didn't go right here and they fixed it. So big ups to them. Thank you for listening out to the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, then the biggest of news, uh, we got a ban list. Um, this is a pretty real ban list here. Um, very impactful in terms of the go live date will be October 6th, which is actually the new date for the um, Lorsa yeah. Yeah, in North America, because we did get a delay from one week. Uh, they did have a, a developer message saying that from here on out, we'll get updates to the ban list right before the release of a new set, which means the next time we hear about it will be set four, which is kind of in line with the way that they do it in their other games. And uh, just going to read them out and then let the boys kind of have their own takes on it. So Volcanic Break, Limited to One, Overrupted On, Banned, Axebiter, Banned, and Netherworld Depths, Banned. Um, and these Free have... Ovi. <laughs> um, <laughs> So to, to kind of provide context, I think Axe and Depths were on everyone's radar, right? You got Depths because of the fact that it creates non-interactive gameplay. And then you got Axe Spider because while it can be beat, does for like warp the entirety of the format. And it has a negative play experience with like locals and people who aren't so in tuned with kind of how to play around that kind of deck. And it kind of skews the way that like, hey, eight cards on my sideboard or Axe Spider exclusive cards, even though half my deck is already Axe Spider exclusive, right? So those weren't all that weird. But a lot of conversation around the ban list was around the fact that like, well, if we deal with those two then Terra was already kind of the best deck before, and Axe Spider was kind of one of the greatest tools that the format had to be able to deal against that deck. So then how do you deal with Axe Spider? And then it's like, there's, or how do you deal with Terra? But then there's conversations of like, Terra's just kind of like a good overarching package. Like, you can hit one thing, but kind of the other things are really good. So then it's like, okay, do we hit the early game? Do we hit Scorched? Uh, do we hit Star Blessed Draw? But then if you hit Star Blessed Draw, then Purple's Tier 0, because now nothing's stopping, they're crazy on summon. So it's, it is, I do appreciate that this ban list looked like not only was it hitting the problem cards people were having issues with but taking the step beyond that and recognizing what would the format look after that and kind of deal with it. and i think that's where the ov wrapped it on volcanic break still kind of makes me wtf a little bit but uh ov wrapped it on at the very least is one of those things where like in combination with scorch you could play scorched turn uh scorched and then you know your next year you can play over wrapped it on potentially set up for like a turn two uh rex and like draw cards and i think being able to kind of hit as funny as it is to hit a vanilla lands itself as a pretty okay <laughs> spot to give Pterosaur the ability to still play the game 
but at the same time, uh, kind of open up the gameplay for other decks. Yeah, yeah, I gotta give a shot yeah, for Halo. So we're uh, we're all very excited to see Volcanic Break get limited to one. Like Red's always gonna be an awful matchup for us, but we saw this early back in season one where Volcanic Break just catches every dual eagle under the sun and catches a lot of like if yellow can only play the mid-range game, and then we're just always losing massive tempo to this spell that they can easily go up to four of. Like we're so far out of that on top of other colors who can easily splash it. So I think from overall, yellow is going to get the most out of this, but I think it just brings a little bit more air into the mid range meta, especially when we're going to be going into, uh, you know, flood stream, the meta next, it does uh, lend itself to be a little bit questionable because you're still hitting fives anyways. Like you're still hitting every five and four under the sun. Um, but you know, then it's harder to play flood stream in non blue decks. So there's some consideration there as well. So maybe yellow still gets hit, but um, it gives me, I probably shouldn't, but it gives me a little hope that I can find something for the Pro Tour in yellow, but I I, I doubt it. I'm not going to give myself false hope. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think that this ban list is fine. Uh, we all knew, you know, Axe Spider and Depths at the minimum. Uh, the various discords and groups, you know, all pretty much agreed that something from Red had to, to go. We thought maybe Star Bless, the Rata maybe, or Scorched Ban... Uh, but they chose OV, which it's it's fine. Uh, you know, I still think that the scorched problem still exists. Um, in the sense that if you play a turn one scorch, you kind of just run away with the game. You know, you don't even need Rex at that point. Um, so we kind of have to monitor that moving forward. But it does slow down Pterosaurs enough to where you can play more of a game. Uh, Pterosaurus had like a lot of games and instances where they would play, you know, like Scorch on one, Canyon on one, and then into, you know, maybe even a like a Rex on two, which was so devastating to basically any deck that's not purple or something that has a way to kill Rex, which is few and far between. Spoiler, the, just <laughs> yeah right like the break i it's fine i mean it is kind of out of left field but i can see where they're coming from because there are a lot of you know we've even seen it in set three you know previews that um there's a lot of eight drops and seven drops that just have terrible stats like i'm talking like 4k and 6k at level two and break just pounds those cards like it immediately makes them unplayable so limiting it to one like makes cards like that whale x-ray and, and set two like moderately playable because you don't just get blown out by you know a three mana spell um so maybe cards like that can come back well not really come back they could just show up in general uh so I'm I'm happy with the ban list. Uh, you know, like just looking at my browser right now, I have like seven BSS DB tabs open with decks. Like, you know, it's fun now because you have basically ten extra slots, like eight to ten extra slots in every deck to add cards that you really want to play. You know, it's not just like, hey, now I have four depths, four burning force, dream bombs, you know, whatever. You have all these cards that you can play that you didn't have room for before. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think uh, so. Like the thing with break is that I think the funny thing is that break reads like a non egregious removal card, right? But I think in the in the way that removal currently exists in battle spirits, it feels like maybe a card that would be 
fine to decent in like maybe set five right but it just so happens that in this set two set three world right now the bodies line up really bad bp wise for a lot of boss monsters in this game like it hits like a level two elk and like or you know like just there's lots of weird ways that the cards are lined up right now between bp and cost and everything that it feels like it might just be printed a couple of sets too early versus where like red has like just started creeping up into being able to hit 4ks and stuff like that and i still think that red needs ways to be able to deal with big bodies but at the moment that's more so in the form of things like rex confront and like you know spirit based removal which is kind of where it's lining up so it just feels like break is a fine card it just kind of maybe exists a little bit too early in the where the game stands um yeah like the fact that it has flash is kind of a big deal right mm -hmm. i mean that's the biggest thing with it is you can kill these huge spirits at you know instant speed whereas cards like core drain which are you know not better but can the equivalent things, um, yeah, the equivalent i would say almost is, yeah is only main phase so you know it's just more balanced so you know i think that's the most egregious part of it is that it's flash yeah, no, it also makes you wish it was 5k versus 6k, right? Because that offer up at least a little bit more flexibility in what it's hitting instead of all these 7 and 8 drops, and then it's still a good enough early removal. But it also makes me wonder, with the X-Ray is about to be spoiled again at the time we're recording this, but uh, Red also does have BP in or B increasing BP destruction-based effects. So the Ancient Dragon, for example, could say something like, your BP... Uh, destruction effects gain 1000 power or something and then suddenly volcanic break is a 7k so it does make me wonder if this is something that they're planning ahead as well for the set 3 meta or you know they technically they've already designed up to what they're probably on set 6 or 7 right now so that also could just be like the future dev team saying hey this is what we're printing in a future set might as well limit it now so very curious yeah. to see where this ends up in the next couple sets you know x-ray wise or if there's a nexus that does i think it was mostly attached to spirit so um if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, probably. I I think a card like Ritual Flame, which was previewed today, um, might be somewhat of a replacement for Break. Um, you know, if you wanted more of those type effects, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, right now we're at one. I think every Red Deck will play one and just kind of move on with their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's what the limit. And in terms of, funny enough, like I'm looking at these bands and... In my mind, at the very minimum, I'm like, I don't know that any of these colors or decks are, you know, quote unquote dead. Right. So I get my biggest question mark is Terry. But purple, I mean, Cosmic, can purple draw cards now? Like, is that a thing it can do? <laughs> I, I, I think it has a, a number of ways to do it, in fact. <laughs> so I, your pop-off was, like, incredibly funny when I saw it in your video when you just showed the list. And the worst part is it wasn't even a complete list. And it was still, like, over a dozen different ways that the color can draw cards. So, um, yeah, if, well, I mean, depths wasn't even the the best draw card in the purple deck probably i mean obviously it's very very powerful but like i feel like cards like black lance yep are just better overall in mm -hmm. the purple deck so but i mean you know just the you know not to uh I'll cut you off but i think that purple is still obviously very good white control doesn't need axe spider they'd like to have it but you can still just play the elephant nexus uh Nomen city or whatever it's called and play like you know elephants elks and aegis uh and just be you know more of that style deck uh which is still incredibly good uh and then the pterosaur deck 
is still just a scorched battlefield deck. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're a little slower to get Rex out, but you still have to deal with three, four spirits in play on turn two, three with a scorched battlefield, and there's not a lot of decks that can do that. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's where it's like. If anyone like walks away from this thinking any of these decks aren't viable, I think you're just wrong. Like you said, Axe Spider is nice, but it doesn't prevent a turn two elephant if your opponent plays into it. Um, mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, Axe Spider was already almost a flex spot in regards to the fact that like sometimes you would have to swap them, like adding gray armors in a four cost slot or whatever, because to account for the matchup, having armor or white. I think the biggest thing is the fact that it wasn't impacted by core removal, which means like Curse Dragon combo wasn't as powerful. Um, so we might see like that kind of come back because now like it actually just wipes the board unless you start going back into fullas and stuff like that, which people didn't run anymore. Uh, Terrasaur is the only question mark, but even then it's still just a really good deck. Like oftentimes in my playtesting, it's literally just scorched on one, three dudes on two, draw like a couple of cards and then like, yeah. I'm, I'm just running away with it. So it, then, then what do you do? Like, you know, you mm-hmm. don't have to play Rex on three. I mean, at that point you have seven cards in hand to your opponent's four and they're way behind. So it's still the same deck in the sense that it's still a Scorch Battlefield deck. It's always been a Scorch Battlefield deck. It's just, you know, people always think that Rex is the problem card, and it's it's not. It's always been Scorch since day one. Rex is very, 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 very good at closing a game out, but Scorch is the card that lets you run away, you know, with the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the those additional cards, and it's like not just additional cards, it's additional cards on turns two or three. Which yeah, is like right. where the additional cards draw some more impact. Like you can look at a late game board and like your, each opponent has like 10 whatever cards at that point. It's so much it's more about the quality of the card than the quantity of the card. But early game, yeah. it's just being able to gas out your opponent. And that's just yeah. it just it just helps you, like you said, run away with it. It's just, you know, ask any purple player, any purple player, even Ron Miles would say this, that the card that they hate playing against the most is Scorch Battlefield. There's no I mean Star Blast draw, but Scorch Battlefield is the one card that hoses purple so bad because they can't do anything. All their early drops are just these little guys that can't do anything, and you just draw so many free cards off of it, which then leads into into Star Blast draws, which then leads into everything else that blows out purple. So, I mean, games are so much different. So, mm-hmm. I I think Scorch probably should have been hit, but. Um, I could understand stand them not wanting to hit that out of red. We'll see how it plays out going into set three. Maybe, you know, set three, which we'll get into, has some cards that kind of control Scorch Battlefield. So we'll see how it works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, effectively, I think this is very much a pro tour ban list. I think, yeah. you know, like Pterosaurs were probably already being kept in check by Floodstream, which is coming in the next set in the starter deck. Uh, so like that's not as much of a worry um there's a world in which maybe we have more tools for against axe spider depths i'm kind of happy no matter what happens that that nexus is gone personally but in in terms of it very much feels like in terms of the terror hits it's primarily for the pt which i'm glad i i'm glad that we're not sacrificing the pt for the sake of like just trying to not shake the boat too much um but i do think the axe spider and Spider are probably things that are good going into set three but we haven't seen the entirety of the set if anything, I'm just glad that I'm hearing Pro Tour participants be excited for the Pro Tour and also still excited to go on to set three and test that. So it's like it's especially for me right now, it's a very weird feeling just like making sure my headspace is still in current format so I can play Chile 
to then jump into Pro Tour format and then the week after jump into set three format. So it's a it's a lot going on at once to try to figure out kind of what makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking that to Alex earlier. Uh, I I got my passport just this morning. So the first thing I did was look at Chile flights but they're like $1,500. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> so, you know, so we're not doing that, but you know, at, at least the pro tour is guaranteed now. And I'll actually probably go to the, uh, UK grand open Ooh. for season three as well. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I, I don't think I could make any of the U S ones. I know that sounds crazy cause they're in the U S but, they're in like the worst times for me. Like the Atlanta one is like two weeks before Christmas or something crazy. Uh, and then three weeks before or no, because then the pro tour is the week two. before Christmas. Yeah, two weeks. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's like December 10th. And then it the Cal all. California one is like uh I, I forget a when. week I, after the I think it's around uh, Thanksgiving. It's, yeah, so it's so it's the Pro Tour, and then after that it's the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay, and then so the like week the after that is the pa yeah. is Pasadena, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're just at really weird times for me. So, I, you know, let's either go to the UK Grand Open or just skip season three entirely, which I really don't want to do. Mm. So, you know, we'll see. But I might be going to the UK Grand Open. Yeah. Okay. And can't convince you to go to the Netherlands for like two weeks back to back. Just stick I around cannot. for a week. As, <laughs> as a business professional with a family, there is no chance I can go to the you know, Netherlands for two weeks. I mean, I I commend and I am very jealous <laughs> of the people who can. I am not one of those people. So. Guy had to pull the dad card and everything, man. Yeah. <laughs> now I I did honestly think about flying back and then flying back Ooh. because because the flights are only like six hundred dollars oh that's not terrible at all yeah, that's, that's is, like that's what i pay on u.s flights sometimes like and like i'll pay that much for a hotel anyway for, for that week so you know i'm i'm considering that but it's you know if i do the uk grand open i'm not going to do the netherlands as well mm -hmm. yeah makes sense very fair so very exciting uh looking forward to that i'm glad that myself and a lot of the proto participants are very excited to see what's happening and the fact that we can like john said previously have like a dozen at minimum at least have like some odd 10 to 12 cards that we can actually change in our decks now and kind of reconfigure which is very exciting so i've been messing around and hopefully we can kind of see where that uh jumps through so before we jump into even more reveals from aquatic invaders we got everyone's favorite segment of the show guess that flavor text so I will be providing both of our apostles with a flavor text from a card, uh, and then they have the opportunity to guess it. They have two lifelines, and if either of them get depleted, uh, it's one point goes away. At this point of the board, uh, John has two for his amazing uh, Ursula or whatever guess like two show shows ago, and then uh, we did get Cosmic one with the Undead Skeleton Gravedigger. So, uh, gentlemen, are you guys ready for this week's flavor text? Let's do it. I will be stunned, stunned uh, if you guys don't get this one, but uh, let's see here. So, to weaker spirits, it matters little who is oh, in power. And the worst part is the moment you guys use lifelines, you guys will 100% know which one this is. <laughs> and if you guys if you guys have a guess, let me know that you have a guess and then hold it in for the end. So let me know when you guys lock it in. But if not, we can definitely move on to something else. Mm. I don't know this one off, mm. offhand. All right. 
Um, so the way that I'm going to do it from now on is I think the cost is the most like indicative thing. So I'm going to use it as the last hint moving forward. So for now, we're just going to give you guys the family tight and it is a reptoid. Reptoid. Oh my goodness. Is it, is it a guan knife? It is indeed a guan knife. So Iguana Knife, the one cost, no reduction Reptoid. I think it might actually be the only Reptoid in the game. I don't know. I think there's a well, second no, one. Chameleon. There's a new one in set three. Oh, I know that. Oh, the Chameleon's a it's Reptoid also? also? A, um, mm. Yeah, there's also one in set two, if I'm not mistaken. That's why I'm not, I was trying to think of what it was. But I like knowing the context of what you almost positive there's one in set two. Yeah. I have 6,000 EB. Let's see. Rep. <laughs> Toyed. There are four. Wow. And, uh, See, I told you. But two of them are in set three. So set one has Iguana Knife. Set two has Armor Lizard Dawn. Yeah, that's what the vanilla. Oh, yeah, because we yep, played that yep. at uh, the sealed event at our LGS yep. this past weekend. Set mm. three has Basilax, <laughs> which is a vanilla. Mm. And then, of course, the uh, Camille Whip. Oh, he legit mm. has an axe on his back, I just realized. Holy shit. Yeah, they, yeah, they love weapons. Look, the yeah. Reptoids have sick art. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, the, re the Reptoids are like, yeah. what if we were Digimon, right? So it's just yeah. like, you take an animal that exists, you give it a knife or a gun, and then you just yeah. move forward. Right? Well, there's some cards that you hear the card name and see the art, and you're like, what the hell is this? Like the Reptoids... You hear the name, and that's exactly what the art is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like armor lizard on, it is a lizard with armor. Mm -hmm. Iguana yep. knife is a knife yep. lizard. <laughs> exactly. They do not knife. mess around. Oh. <sighs> so congratulations there. Well done, John, on the guess. Very well. It was like it's been a, it was a meme in the community for a very long time. So I was just like, uh, I wasn't sure how much you guys would pick it up on. It's it's also actually really hard to find flavor text that's like generic. A lot of you can tell. So the more I keep looking into these, you can actually kind of tell that a lot of their flavor text is to world build. Because oftentimes flavor text in in Battle Spirits right now talks about the overarching story of what everything's going on and doesn't really focus on like like I think Iguana F is one of the few where it's like very generic to just like about this spirit as opposed to like the political ongoings of like the Gloom Kingdom or whatever like that. So it's uh you can definitely tell that there's a, a lot more focus. That's that's where they put a lot of focus in regards to lore. So uh and once again, congratulations to John for Guess That Flavor Text. But moving on to the last segment for today, we do have reveals. It's been ongoing. Uh, we talked about them a little bit going on to yesterday, uh, last week. And I think we stopped at White Spirits. I think that was the, the last that we really had to touch base on. So ever since then, um, we've had uh, Blue Spirits, Green Spirits, and then Nexus. And starting off with uh, Magics. Uh, so... A lot of it is returning from stuff we've already seen in regards to when they did the reveals initially of the set and kind of what we're expecting. So, you know, like I think uh, Giant King Randolph is like a fantastic card, for an example, kind of going into the blue stuff and gets me excited. Um, I, we did end up getting the Ant Pilgrim. So it has a when summon search uh, for its sanctuary, which we'll be seeing the sanctuaries very soon because obviously it's a huge component. We're assuming there's going to be X-Rares, Guardians, because all the lore keeps talking about the Guardians of the Sanctuary. So odds are we're probably going to see in the future be even more support for the sanctuaries moving forward. Um, I think the biggest question mark card that, it, not question mark, but kind of the card that keeps coming up over and over, and I'll actually let, you know, John and, 
cause go at this for a minute oh, guys is, is oh, arch no. king all right so so I'll, I'll i'll read what it does and then you guys can go uh, at it so Archduke duke king taurus which is apparently an og battle spirits card is an eight cost four green reduction great beetle slash blade beast on levels one two and three one summon select three of your spirits that are carapite great beetle or insectoids place a core on the void onto each of those spirits and when the spirit attacks it gets to create an ant-man token on level two and three it is a 4k on level one for one core a 6k on level 2 for 4 cores, and a 12k on level 3 for 9 cores. Gentlemen, is this a good card? I would no. love to tell you tomorrow after we get the magic spoilers. <laughs> no. Oh, man. So, here's the thing. One thing that we do not have, or we did not get at all in set 2, is the green ramp archetype, despite what a lot of people will tell you and how it lined up, because we lost no. now. So, we do not have any more draw engine that is available to us. We also saw the 10 cost Void Lord, which is Huga and whatever Fen Fenhang, I think is the new name Fen of it. Hong, yeah. Yeah, which you are not, and this is where John and I disagree, or he just hasn't seen the light yet on it, whichever. Um, but there is no reasonable world where you're gonna have enough time to set up a bloody 10 cost in green unless you have a perfect curve, which is like Worker Ant-Man, Butterfly, Archduke. Oh, shit, I finally get to play the 10 drop because you're just dying to Tokiwa 5 before this ever gets on the board. This card is insane. The effect, it can OTK you out of nowhere with Hurricane Winds. But in what ungodly fashion do you think you're getting to this card, even with how good Worker Ant-Man has come? Like, as someone who's spent this entire set playing mid-range or control style of green decks, this is not a real card. The only way this is going to be a real card is if Duke is something we're able to play because we got hand reverse. And that's what it all comes down to, which we're going to find out, I guess, at the same time everyone else is watching this video because we should find out if we get hand reverse tomorrow or not. But this card is too bloody expensive in all current versions of green. It does not have a home, period. It really doesn't. I like it. I, I think it's I really think good. This is a card. <laughs> This you is like to play this though. That is the problem. I I think that there's definitely a world where this card is the win condition in some green hybrid deck. It's it's way 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 too powerful to never see play. Uh, it is the most powerful card green has. Like not close. Uh, mm -hmm. I think. Well, there's a reason why we had to use elephants and Derm Dino for but all like, of this. But, but, the right? but, but, but I think the fact that you had to use elephant is kind of proving the point, right? Like you could afford to play an eight cost spirit that needed also one core maintenance. So you could afford to do nine cores. This is a 10 cost, but it has potential for up to six reductions, meaning that realistically you probably have like three reductions on board or whatever, yeah. which kind of lines it up with what you were paying to play elephant anyways. Now, don't get me wrong. Elephant draws you card and ramps you. So like, it's a big thing. But I like in that context, I do still think like Feng Huang as like a one or two of on your top end is still something that can just blow out your Yeah, opponent. I mean, it's not something you're ever going to play three or four of like, oh, man, this is my whole game plan. But like as like a one or two of like this card is insane. Like you play that guy and I don't know what your opponent does. Like he's very, very difficult to kill unless you're purple. And even still, he's hard. Um, but it's just he's huge. Uh, his all of his abilities are insane, uh, so we'll we'll kind of see where he falls. I totally you know agree with what Cause is saying about the like the current green decks that we have it doesn't really have a home. But I I think with set three the green decks are going to look quite a bit different. 
So we'll kind of have to see where he falls. Uh, this eight drop guy, I think he is completely unplayable. I don't see any <laughs> redeeming qualities about any of his abilities. Like he has a wind summoned. So like you're already getting pounded by star blessed uh, and his level two and three, which takes a billion cores. Like you just make a one K ant like it comes to play on tap. So I guess that's one redeeming quality since nothing else puts ants in the play on tap for the most part. Uh, but he's small for an eight cost. Like green has these huge, huge beaters. Like the blade beast guys are just huge. And then you have this guy who's an eight cost for four cores. and He's a six K like, it's like, what? Like, I don't know what they were thinking, but I, I just don't see where this guy ever comes to play. I understand he can ramp three cores, but if you're at the point where he's ramping three cores, you've like either already won the game because of a board full of carapites that are already ramping or like, I, I don't know what, but I would, if, if you have three carapites in play that are already ramping, why don't you just play the 10 drop? So, mm -hmm. you know, or any other card like seven drop Tokiwa or something that's not this card. So he, he's not good in aggro. The, the 1K token isn't helping you anywhere else. Um, so I don't know. Like, I could be very wrong, but I don't think this card is even remotely playable. I think the biggest thing for me um, is the, f and I, I agree that, you know, something that Greens felt like it's missing, it's like it's turbo ramp use, right? Like you got Worker Ant, which can like ramp you one a turn or whatever, and that feels nice. You got Emirant and whatever. And like, there's the nice like tempo ish ways to be able to ramp, but there's low like, you know, like the fact that for a long time, the best ways to like giga ramp was to kill off an elephant, which is like a white card. And that's how you actually got lots of ramps and gained a lot of advantage. So this is, it is almost feels like a, a, you know, the green elephant in its own way. And instead of card draw, what you're getting are tokens that attack, which is like fine. But unfortunately, I think like if you're in a position to play this card, you might actually just be better to play Nomen Guard. Um, and in terms of like turbo ramping, like I feel like, this play this card has a niche but like we already know toki 5 is going to be insane there's an argument on how playable fang is and that's like before we even see hurricane highlands which just like is a four cost nexus two green reduction on levels one and two for zero cores when one of your spirits would gale a summon place a number of cores from the void and that's really equal to the number specified in its gale effect so toki you're playing toki while he's ramping you two you play fang he's rank he's you know ramping you three and then you're going to be able to get his level two for free so um and then he's got like if you destroy your opponent's thing with BP, you get to exhaust one of their spirits or whatever. It kind of like adds on an additional one to their gale. So I, I just think it's a combination of the fact that like now green has like a real gale archetype or at least gale cards that lend itself really well to kind of doing a thing that, that Arctic was doing anyways, that you yeah. just kind of don't need to rely on that card anymore. Yeah. It, you know, like I, I know I'm being really hard on Arctic cause I just don't think he's that good, but like there are, I guess there's very niche situations where he's probably very good in a blowout, but green just has so many better things that you can do. So, you know, more powerful things. So why would I be wasting time playing this guy when I can just do exactly what you just said, like play Highlands, play cheap Nexuses, play ramp Carapites, and then just slam the 10 drop mm -hmm. or, or slam five drop Tokiwa or both. So, there's just no room for this guy. Like, I think I, this I would have been a sick set two card. Yeah. Yeah. This card would have been great in set two. Then maybe you wouldn't have to play elephant in every green deck, but mm -hmm. 
you know, now it's like, I just think you have better options moving into set three. Right. Again, the thing to remember, though, that uh, our Japanese Battle Spirits listeners <laughs> will know um, with hand reverse, you have to be extremely, extremely proactive and always making sure you're dropping your hand to make sure you're able to refill for max value for what your opponent has it currently in their hand. So Archduke does immediately give us those three cores, which helps you turbo accelerate into however many more spirits you can play on the next turn and then windmill slam that hand reverse. But again, if we don't get hand reverse, it doesn't matter. But uh, the other thing to note is Gale will probably have its own archetype, right? Where there might be like the ramp side of green versus Gale being two different things. Because Gale by nature is very much more tempo focused than like ramp into big dumb idiot focus. Uh, what was it? Fang? I already forgot Fang. Hauga is already, you know, wanting to end the game by itself. And that is most likely just going to still be the best like end game green payoff that we're going to get. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Gale focused X-Rare that plays more into its own archetype than Heavenly Emperor Fang Huang plays into the like <laughs> ramp archetype sort of thing. So I think we will see yeah. that divergence. We just have to wait for the X-Rares. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm with you there. We, we definitely need to see the X-Rares. Uh, but as far as Gale goes, I don't think there'll be a Gale archetype yet. Uh, like the Gale mm -hmm. cards, for the most part, are pretty mediocre. Um like, I think the best ones you can play are, like, the four-drop, like, retainer from set two. Uh, he's not bad. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, uh, Tokyo five. And then I think this ten-drop. Like, I think those are, like, the three Gale cards you really want to play. Um, mm -hmm. You know, out, outside of that, there's, like, a swift one, I think, that's not very good. And there's a couple other ones. Like, their stats are just miserable. And yeah, there's, like, like a, a Hydra that's kind of neat, but kind mm -hmm. of doesn't line up perfectly. Yeah, this one right here. Yeah. Yeah, him. Like, he's too expensive, I think. And, like, I mean, his his stats are better than, like, some of the other guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think he's really worth, this, you know, worth yeah. playing. I, I, th I think the biggest thing is that, like, for green looking forward, is that this card's insane. And yeah. any mm -hmm. any any shell that can best support this card will probably just be the best green deck. I am. Yeah. So like That's you know, I I think you're just like Highlands, Tokiwa, and going back to Highlands, I thought that card was terrible when I first saw it. Like I'm like this card is not that good because I didn't like the Gale cards. But after you know reading Discord and kind of taking part in conversations, like I kind of got turned around a little bit on Highlands. I I think it's actually probably gonna be pretty solid. Uh. But not for a full Gale strategy, though. More mm -hmm. for like you know, Tokiwa, like the four drop retainer, and then uh, the and ten then drop. Bang yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Here's I, your payoff in that deck. Like mm -hmm. I think you just play this giant sixteen k with Gale six thousand and like has six hundred abilities. So mm -hmm. like that's the deck that the Voidlord's good in. Yeah, I think I think it's very similar to me. Gale is very similar to Curse, where like I don't think you. Unless for some reason we get even more Gale support that forces you to play all Gale cards. I think it just mm. happens to be a keyword that's very strong. You take the good cards that have Gale and if you have supporting right. pieces for it. Um, and it's just the benefit that like Green hasn't had Nexuses that really roll well with kind of what Green was able to do in set two. So I think mm. the fact that Hurricane Highlands exists just as a reduction, because Lord knows it's kind of difficult to get reductions on Green at the moment because you can't, there's no real Nexuses worth playing. So yeah, just that's why the sanctuary is good too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so just the fact that you can get a like something, a nexus that'll do something eventually is probably just fine. Yeah. I think that's what we have to mention though, like really is the green the emerald sanctuary here, right? Like the fact that you're now able to give a 
uh, relevant, to be fair, stat boost to your Gale units um, it is pretty relevant because, again, it's early yeah. reduction we were talking about. It's only a single core, which is a joke for green. Like, right, it's, oh, mm-hmm. my God, a single core. I'm sure we can pay for it. Um, but it's also just anytime the effect happens. So 2,000 BP does help make those, uh, especially like the four drop, be a little bit better for where they're going to be landing. But, um, you know, two of these would be insane, getting like a 4K buff because they'd both trigger yeah. onto a gale unit. It's suddenly very scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think that this card by itself merits playing some, some of the worst gale cards, like the three drop Sanctuary Keeper guy, guardian, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Like, he's probably pretty bad still. But, like, this buffing your already pretty good gale cards to make sure that they stay around after they're blocked, um, you know, is very, very good. You know, just the fact that this is a basically a one-cost nexus permanent uh, reduction that only takes one core to keep active, like, that's that's pretty insane. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this is probably the best sanctuary. Yeah, off the back of, like, kind of what it works utility-wise. I think I think purple's kind of neat, too. Um, yeah, I, I love the purple I was, one. Yeah. I was just, I'm pretty sure a lot of people will say, like, green's my favorite, but I'm obviously mm-hmm. biased because I've been playing a lot recently. But I think overall, a lot of people are going to give it to Amethyst in this case. Possibly. Like, green needs it more than purple. Like, green mm-hmm. needs that sanctuary a lot more. So, I, you know, plus the effect is obviously very good. So I think that puts it over... Uh, the top for being the best sanctuary but the purple one i am a huge fan of like the reanimator slash dredge type decks like i love playing with my graveyard as like a second hand so you know i've already been brewing up set three decks that use the 10 drop purple guy to bring back like the green void lord and the yellow void lord and just do all sorts of crazy things with your uh, graveyard so i love this card i think it's incredible so We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I've been so curse pilled. I just realized this is during either attack step and just Correct. not during the attack. Like, holy shit, wait a minute. Yeah, you can yeah. just trade off your entire board trying to find for your one win con and find it. And funny enough, mm-hmm. this is going to hurt cause a little. I think this is a better yellow nexus than the yellow sanctuary is for yellow. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Because, like, wrong, especially, especially with the other lander stuff, you can actually stack the top of your deck and get what you want, or you can throw two drops into your trash to get, like, work for God Beast or whatever. Oddly enough, I actually think this is a better Nexus for yellow than the yellow Sanctuary. <laughs> I don't want to... I, I still don't want to talk about how, how dirty they did us, man. I'm like, so, look okay. how cute even Pentons are right there, man. Like, So the yellow Sanctuary, okay, the way it's worded, all right, if you have multiple of these, say your opponent has two cards in hand and you have three of these yellow sanctuaries in play right you could theoretically just look at their same card three times in a row yes, right because they have to shuffle their hand every yeah, time yeah okay yep. like that's terrible then. <laughs> yeah. like, like unless I, your opponent hits you with like one of these where all he does is yeah like <laughs> right i was hoping that it will be ruled similar to how like volcanic canyon where they ruled, stack where, and you just do it all yeah, at once yeah 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 so i mean if they work like it's just look at one card put it back shuffle look at one card put it back then like this is terrible <laughs> yeah and like I, it's already not good because yellow has a bunch of other nexuses that they want to play even before they even think about this card even existing uh but you know it's if it works like that it's not great it sucks because our pilgrim was like actually exciting right Busted. Like it, your it, pilgrim it, is it was, so good <laughs> i was excited like uh, again gorgeous artwork had relevant effects had blessed of all things too i'm like holy shit we got a really insane pilgrim like i'm feeling so good about the yellow nexus and then we got the yellow nexus and it was unfair um to say yeah. the least 
Yeah, I think, um, who knows? I mean, there's still a saving grace. And it sucks that, like, supposedly all these sanctuaries have guardians. We have to assume at this point, we haven't seen any guardian cards in the spirits that they're going to be an XR for every single one. So maybe the yellow one is saved by how good its yellow guardian is, right? Like, that may be a thing. It's just unfortunate that the Nexus can't stand on its own two legs. It kind of just exists. But, like, to be fair, if we're talking about Nexuses that just exist, uh, Diamond Sanctuary skill text literally says, I just exist. Like... Yeah, and you know, I know a lot of people are kind of down on these sanctuaries because they're really boring, right? Like their effects don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But their main purpose, I think, is that there's just basically one cost permanent reductions, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that alone is very, very, very good. And you know, I think that people are kind of overlooking that. Um mm-hmm. I I'll I'll admit that it sucks like that their effects are kind of shit um but like i think green and in particular purple like those two sanctuaries are very important to those colors just because those colors really want that early reduction Mm -hmm. so whereas other colors like yellow doesn't care red doesn't care uh white uh i mean maybe that might find a spot in the deck somewhere but generally doesn't care um so yeah, I think the the three big things that I look for when I look at new sets, or at least kind of like the most important things. Um, one are thematics, right? Is the set exciting for people to consume in terms of like what we get or whatever? So if that's a collab set or if that's like the Void Lords, thematically, the Void Lords are very exciting, right? So like there's that. Um, then second is impact. And impact isn't always exciting. Like you said, like Pterosaur is the best deck in the format for the past two sets. It's not a very exciting deck. Like, let's be real. It's a deck that abuses reductions and abuses good stat lines, right? Like for the most part, and like good card advantage, but nothing that n- nothing about the Terrasaur play style really requires like a Giga Brain. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying everyone needs to be a Giga Brain player, but like there's no like l- like you could look at a Terrasaur deck and just be like, okay, I I understand what it's trying to do. It's just trying to be the most efficient deck. And on that level, I think the Sanctuaries are amazing for uh for the level of efficiency they provide because like you were saying, green and purple need those reductions, and green hasn't had good ways to have reductions on board because the Nexuses didn't line up with the way that the play style worked out. So the fact that they exist now are absolutely huge. And then the third thing, though, is interest, intrigue, you know, mechanics. Right. And I think I I think in terms of like set two, kind of whiffed on both uh, impact and, you know, new ways to play the game. And I think at the very least with this set, we're seeing new ways to play. We're seeing impact, at least with these sanctuaries and then new ways to play. eh. Do we know why there's no blue one? I mean, I don't follow the lore at all. No, no. I've been wondering that myself because uh, they do have one, right? Um, and they also mentioned the Imperial Seal in the lore a couple mm-hmm. different times, which we don't know what that is either. Um, so there's a couple things that just I don't know why they were you know cut from the set or whatever. But we got all the Nexus cards, so yeah, you know, right. yeah. I it might trip the fact that we have all the numbers, but I'm maybe, unless it's like a TP card or set a TP or, or, or maybe yeah, because like it could be a lore reason, right? Like hey, yeah. based on the lore, maybe that's the reason they're blue is able to make like the core rain or whatever the heck yeah. happened that they call it. So like, I was just curious see. if there was like a lore reason. So. Maybe it's an XR. Yo, maybe it's an XR. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, god um so we kind of jumped the gun a little bit when we got into that discussion about green and talked about the sanctuaries um i guess to wrap it up we can at least talk about the red sanctuary as well Uh, so ruby sanctuary is a two cost one red reduction uh nexus zero uh has nothing on level zero but then on level two for three cores during your attack step when in effect 
Of one of your spirits that costs five or more destroys one of your spirits draw a card. Not super impactful now, but red is probably going to have to go into a big red deck going forward. Uh, set two kind of played into the notion of big red. Uh, so, you know, maybe kind of set three is kind of where we go in a post-flood world. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll ever see play just because yeah. there's other options. But yeah, I mean, it's not like it costs way too many cores at level two. If it was like one core or two, maybe, mm -hmm. but... The fact that it's three cores at level two essentially makes it a five cost nexus. And, like, you know, you're always going to play Canyon and Scorched over this in pretty much every deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, the Blue Spirits are actually kind of interesting in the, the few that we haven't seen. So now we're jumping into kind of closing out on the Spirits. I'm going to jump in with, though. Uh, just pull up any Sanctuary again. I got to give a shout out to what they're doing for at least more BSS exclusive artwork. The to all the sanctuaries were gorgeous. Huge win there. Please give us more Battle Spirit yeah. Saga artwork, exclusive artwork, because it's it's updated, it's fresh, it looks good. Um, obviously, the framing still needs a little work on these cards, but it does give me some hope. It was really nice to see the updated artwork with you know set three and hopefully even more in set four. So sorry, that's my little blurb. I just had to tack on. <laughs> no, yeah, hundred percent. I think you know, like yeah. we need to be able to promote. Hey, we we like the direction they go whenever they make new art. It, you yeah. know. I hate every time you point out the frame to me, cause because like I always realize how blurry they are when I look close in and stuff. So they're muted. I hate it. Like just, <laughs> yeah. if you look at Battle Spirit Saga and Japanese Battle Spirit side by side, and you see how much worse our frames are. It's just like this is not exciting. But mm -hmm. um, hopefully, I don't know. Fix in the future, print run or something. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, just 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 to touch on the blue spirits real quick. You know, I know they're ready to move on from spirits, but so the blue spirits are all. I think pretty solid for the most part, but they all kind of do the same thing, which mm -hmm. is kind of annoying. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I was like, when we first started seeing these blue cards, we're like, man, these are pretty cool. Like kill everything that costs three or less, or, you know, the opponent gets taxed for attacking with things that cost five or less, you know, or however they're worded um, like that, that, that was all pretty cool. But then as we see all these blue cards, everything does the exact same thing, just in a different way. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's lazy. I mean, I'm sure that's what blue does, but it's just, you know, it's kind of annoying to where they just, everything in the same set is just like, okay, we're just hosing everything that costs three or less. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not really a complaint. It's just kind of like an observation. Like, I don't know why they did it like that. Uh, Block Golem's really good. Um, that's a card oh. I wanted to point out. You make a good point at Block Golem, right? Because as we just saw with the Nexus revealed, or I guess yesterday, now my days are blending together, right? Um, that effect does double up in that sense where you're putting a tax on five or less. But now that you're forcing your opponent to remove the core, to weaken their guy, to also then make Block mm -hmm. Golem a better blocker, that's how it can stack up at least and be more interesting in seeing how those cards play off one another. But I do agree. It's like, oh, here's card number three. I think that it's like destroy three cost or less. Um, yeah. But at the same time, at least we got the six drop. I think it is that destroys the highest cost, which is like the other. Yeah, thing. yeah, the Ocean Knight. He's he's pretty good too. Um, like that's the Ocean Knight, right? If they have like ten or more cards in their graveyard, you kill the highest cost guy. Uh, yeah, there you go, Ocean Knight. Allegro, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. He, he's pretty solid. And then Iron Golem, I think, is probably the best blue spirit though. Uh, Iron Golem is insane. Which one is that one? Is that the protection one? Uh, uh yeah yes that's the yeah, four yeah. cost yeah it's just a common it's that card is crazy good the fact that you can put it on like your uh five drop luster card and they can't do anything about it 
is crazy. Not being able to remove Michaela is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and then you can <laughs> like really just enable some stupid combos with double hard and just well, anything you want to do. So that's the thing, right? You're, you have to give up the do I play stuff for free or do I get this luster spirit to do its thing? So mm-hmm. yes, you have the flexibility but to pick between the two, but the soul core is a very limiting factor here. And yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And, and, and so, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I think this card is it's crazy though to be able to protect any spirit with the soul core is just uh yeah like that that's good yeah do absolute immunity against anything is huge i like like you like you're saying cause definitely the soul core is a big thing right like you can't put this on a derm because it doesn't do anything but like the fact that like i can put it on say a joker or a michaela or a luster spirit and i know that you know uh combat aside my spirit will live to see the end of the combat step is a huge huge deal right or yeah. Or live to see my next turn. turn yeah. With uh, with Shen, with if if you have like Exhaust Nexus, you, you can set up a huge turn with Shen and Exhaust Nexus with this Iron Golem guy, and they can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like they just have to take it on the chin. So, yeah. you know, I I think that card will get splashed in quite a few things that have like one key spirit that you don't want to you know ever die. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely love it as a sideboard tool. Um, the one thing I want to go back to with the a lot of the three drops doing the same thing. You know, one of the things, and this might come in the X-Rare because the Aberrations, um, Aberration, whatever, will most likely have the effect. But we've seen the destroy three cost and less. We've now just seen the destroy the highest cost. But the other thing that we're missing is blue also then usually gets destroy like two, four, six, and eight costs, right? They'll have like a specific breakout of different costed spirits uh, that they end up killing. So I'm hoping that one of the X-Rares will do that and kind of like bring the whole like destruction based focus of blue together but if we did yeah. get like all of the three or less i guess there's flood too so i guess you have to get you have to count flood mm-hmm. in some light but more spirits would have been nice then you have allegro and then there's like okay the x-ray should be the other missing piece where they have one that's i think destroy all four or less if i remember correctly was like uh dan guo i think is the name of the spirit the original one uh and that will most likely we know we're getting aberration for the X-Rare is way the way the sets weather works. So I think we are going to see the return of that, you know, key spirit out of blue in the early sets. But um, this is one theme that will continue to build on. And like green was kind of lacking in set two, other than like, hey, we're Grand Man and Thorn Prison. Blue, I think at least is coming in at a better spot, but also does not feel as fleshed out um, as it should be. But, you know, one set problems and all that. But uh, yeah. hopefully the X-Rares can give us well, a little... that and, you know, moving into the blue Nexuses or just Nexuses in general, I think the blue nexuses are crazy. Like there's there's two in in particular well, that's that blue, baby, let's go. <laughs> like there there's two that change the way you play the game entirely. One is Lighthouse, and the other one is that Enchanted Arena. Arena. Yeah, yep. yeah. Those so. two cards are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they might get played in non-blue decks more than blue. I don't know, but they're they are just incredibly good. Yep. So for our audio listeners, Seabed Lighthouse is a three cost, two specified blue reductions. Nexus on levels one and two during either attack step, your opponent cannot use magic cards in their hand that do not share a color with any of symbols on their field. So uh, smog, smag format, anybody? Uh, And then uh, on level two, all your level three spirits gain 2k BP. And then the other one that we're talking about, which is not on their Facebook? No, it is. Okay. Uh, you're talking no, about the Enchained uh, Arena, right? Yeah, yeah, so Enchained Arena. Arena is a three-cost, two blue reductions. Uh, on levels one and two, when destroyed, place a core from the void into your reserve. And then on level two, during for two cores, during your opponent's attack step, your opponent's spirits that cost five or fewer cannot attack unless they pay one core. 
Yeah, the, those two cards are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, these are the taxing effects that have me so excited for blue. Uh, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, I, I love making a miserable time for my opponent, and like these are just incredible. There's, there's one last one that's actually still a spirit. Um, and unfortunately, I think because it's symmetrical, it's not going to be as strong. But I've even heard like JP players talking about uh, Fantastical yeah. Monk Sanzor, which is a five cost, three blue reduction beast folk uh, on levels one, two, or three. Neither player can draw card using can draw using magic effects. Um, and then on level two or three during your opponent's turn, your opponent cannot summon a spirit that costs four or fewer more than once per turn. I think I think this is one of those cards that'll be like really strong, like four sets from now. Yeah, right? like. Like this card is what Frigg wishes it was. Like, <laughs> I mean, true. It, it just makes that card look completely unplayable, which it already is. But like, it's just if if we got this card last set with Frigg, like we might not even be having this conversation about depths and all this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like I know depths isn't like a magic effect, but you know, it just really controls the draw power of of the game and it's a very powerful card it's not huge like i mean it's only a 3k for one core um but you know it's it has a very powerful effect so i think it'll find a home somewhere uh i i don't know personally what blue decks look like in bss i haven't tested blue hardly at all Mm -hmm. like i've i've tested blue cards just not like blue as a color uh so maybe this card finds a home in one of those decks but it's it's very very good and then same thing like back to the arena like if you have that card in multiples i don't know how you ever lose the game like your opponent just can't attack you well (laughs) very quickly um blue actually struggles a lot with six and higher costed cards like really really struggles as someone who's been playtesting quite a bit already and like green is actually very scary for us because you ramp enough cores anyway so uh, there's quite a ways around it, but it lends a conversation back to with Flood entering the meta itself. Like, are we going to see a bunch of like three and four costed spirits that you don't mind paying a core off of just to get the attack in? Like, Worker Ant Man, sure, you have to put two cores on on attack. He still swings. You get the effect. You get the core back anyways because one of those you reserve. There's stuff like that that lines up, but it is one of those things that's just really meant to punish those early aggressive strategies. And what I really love is that it does have two reduction symbols on this one, so yeah. it plays into that. Blue really wants to have multiple Nexus on the board at a time because we are going to see. And actually, I'm really surprised we didn't see more of it. Now that I'm thinking, we got all the spoilers. Um, other than the extras, we didn't see another raid spirit, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the X-Rare is definitely going to be a Raid Spirit. I'm actually pulling up the list to see what uh, the types were again. Yeah. Um, I think, and like Raid Spirits, and I think that's kind of my thing with Blue. I think we can kind of all agree that like Blue is never losing to aggro. And if you do, you did something like horrendously wrong or your deck just yeah. hates you. But like, yeah. but but it's another one of those scenarios where it's like, I love the bottom end. I love what it's doing early game. And that might be enough. But the problem is that is the late game going to match? And right now, I don't think Blue has the late, or I haven't seen the late game out of blue to make me feel like it's going to be able to close out the games against like green decks or white decks, right? Like it's just, how do we get to that late game finish is my biggest question now, because like, yeah, we're probably going to get to turn four five, six, right? Like, I don't think that's an issue with the deck. It's more so can blue close out the game or are we going to be doing the same thing that green's been doing and lots of other colors for that matter where we're just kind of throwing in really like, like high end white spirits to kind of close out our control matchups right like yeah i mean i don't know you know like i said i haven't tested blue as a color as a whole but 
Like I would have to assume right now with this limited carpool, you kind of have to splash a second color. Um, it, it sounds like you're probably going to splash a color to help you deal with the big guys. So maybe mm-hmm. purple, I don't know, but uh, you know, there's just like with how good the nexuses are, like there's got to be something somewhere, you know, that puts blue over the top. Maybe the experts are really good. I don't know, but their mm-hmm. card pool as a whole has been uh, pretty above average so far. Yeah, very solid. So yep. did you end up finding that family type there, uh, Cause? Yep. <laughs> so we have War God, Golem, Sea Fey, and Aberration, which uh, Aberration will definitely be uh, Go or whatever his name is. I'm totally blanking on the game, the guy's name. But he got the 15th anniversary. Um, Senju is also in there, who should be the War God. And then Golem and Sea Fey, I have no idea what to expect. But uh, for Golem, we could see the return of uh, Castle Golem, the good old Mill 15. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah the golems have been really good so far so i mean mm-hmm. i hope that there's you know some some support there because i i want to play at least like block golem iron golem um you know the the dragon golems even good if you're playing a a mill deck whatever the mill mechanics called mm-hmm. crush crush it's yeah. it is so ungodly aggressive uh, for how you actually like is and to be fair, we didn't have the at the time recording this. And obviously, what I proxied up, like we didn't have any of the X rares yet. But Nirvana, like you set up Drag Golem, unless you like high roll two of them and like double blitz or something. Like Nirvana is just a hey, I'm going to attack twice, and like I'm just a big body try to kill you that way, and then the rest of your mill spirits um, end up getting there. Like it's actually very, very, very difficult as it currently stands to mill someone out before you just end up killing them, which is something yeah. that we mentioned like at the early spoiler. So. We got to see something coming from the... Again, it's probably going to be the Golem because uh, it's definitely not going to be Senju. Senju is probably going to be the raid if I had to take a guess. But whatever Golem we get will probably be crushed then. Um, and we'll see what, what they get up for it. Yeah. And then, you know, moving into the magics, I know that we've seen about 8 to 10 so far just from the spoils the last few days. Mm-hmm. I personally haven't seen anything that has wowed me. Uh, I, I think the Ritual Fire... Uh, is pretty solid since we just had a break limited. Um, I wasn't that high on this card at first, but now the break's limited. I'm obviously a lot more high on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4K is working that, on it. You know, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, 4K kills most things that you really want to get rid of. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and the fact that it's you know the the best burst. There's really i should say the easiest burst to ever get off is when you lose life so this mm-hmm. this has the right right burst for for this effect um so that one's good uh other than this one i mean of course we already saw plant trap and uh the double yeah, heart i think like, we those saw are the, the best that, we saw the best ones earlier yeah yeah but the, like unfortunately <laughs> yeah i mean I don't think the yellow ones are very good. The the purple ones we've seen aren't that good. The red ones, like the other red ones, not that good. My, the one my... I want to say about Ritual Fire really quick, just because I know we won't go back to that one. Um, the thing to note here is that it does have a very interesting effect that it says select a spirit and then in, uh, improve the BP for all of that family by 2K. And mm-hmm. in Battle Spirits Japan, there are multiple families that are like multicolor or all six colors. So it's really interesting to see, you know, when we might get dual color stuff added or multicolored based families added, where suddenly now you're able to get a 2K boost across the board, which can give you some nice blockers on top of killing something that's 4K, which 4K, as we mentioned, is just a really good number to hit. So very curious to see where this one ends up like on the next set or the set after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, um, my, 
we got some really cool ones really early on, right? Like we got Double Heart and we got um is it Soul Crush or whatever. Um, crush, yeah. we got strong draw so like we got some really cool ones early on so i don't feel as bad about this my only pain point is that like yellow is supposed to be the magic color and every single one is just like a bb reduction thing like this one is like magical light um man man the fact that that card doesn't have flash for search effect is just criminal like it, it might be playable it would be though like it, it might be playable if it had a flash effect to grab a magic card the fact sure. that it is now i don't think it's playable like at all like i don't think you can, you can ever find room in your deck for it when you just rather play a spell that is more like proactive or whatever yeah and the other one's like hey i don't get milled also here's a bp bump yeah. and then this one's like all your two costs or fewer can't be blocked by the five costs or more which is like fine i mean i thought yeah i, mean, I thought somersault was fine like uh but it's a five cost with two reduction. Like why? I, I just can't ever see a scenario where you're happy to pay three mana to like maybe make your guys unblockable. Just get mm -hmm. those pensions going, baby. Bring him back. Make this cost us. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. so I mean, they, they kind of whiffed on the yellow magics again, but maybe that's by, by design. I don't know. Yeah. Yellow, right. Like, it's it's a it is a, a careful pendulum you have to balance just because yellow is the luster color right like yeah you know uh, i don't want like exhaust nexus level power i just want something that like is exciting mm -hmm. that changes yeah. up the way of play right like your spells yeah. usually are kind of like where you can kind of go with it wherever with design because of the nature of the fact that you use them and they're over but like they're they which gives them a lot of high impact but maybe because of luster that's kind of where the balance is. who knows um right so I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing if there's anything more there. Um, I will say the big one for me, Dimensional Rift, um, while not scary now, I think is a very dangerous design space to kind of live in for cards like these. So it's a five cost, two white reduction magic uh, main. You may summon a white spirit card with a when this spirit blocks effect from your hand without paying its cost. When summon effects on the spirit summoned by this effect are not triggered. And then it can give you a 2k BP bump if you want instead on flash and a main. And at the moment, this actually doesn't hit all that much. Um, the biggest impactful thing, the most impactful thing is Enterprise, Enterprise um, yeah. which allows yeah. you to. I, I don't think it's like all that great. You know, it's mm -hmm. like at most right now, the best cards are like Elk and Enterprise. And those cards, you get a two core and a three core reduction mm -hmm. um, from it. So, you know, for it to be super busted, there has to be like some 10 drop that has like a win, win block effect. Um, you know, otherwise, I feel like this card is like the ultimate trap card, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you can't just play one because then it doesn't really do anything for you. And you can't play four because then they're sitting in your hand not doing anything. Uh, if the BP bump was like three or four thousand, I think it'd be more, you know, playable. But I don't ever really see this card. Yeah, I I think it's like a design space thing where mm -hmm. now it's just like every time a when the spirit blocks that's expensive comes out, now you got to consider like, oh well, what if we got it out on turn two, right? And I think it's the impact yeah. on board. It's what it does. Like it's not so much just like, oh well, you kind of saved yourself three cores or whatever. But it's also the notion that you got to skip ahead two or three turns, right? So yeah, 
it's that kind of design space that's like i this is one of those cards where i'm getting four foils throwing them in a binder and like every set i look mm. back i'm like are you good yes no put them away or throw them in a the deck right like that's this is kind of where that card to me kind of lives at the moment yeah i mean turn to enterprise it, it's it's not nothing right i mm -hmm. mean that's that can be good it's just how how many enterprises and how many riffs you yeah. have to play in your deck to make that like a a consistent and worth it combo yeah 100 percent. so I do just appreciate that white is getting to be that more like I'm going to summon my boss monster color. Like, right. We've already kind of seen this with the uh, fortress and going to the elephants and early elks and whatnot. Yeah. And it's just even further pushing it into that field. So it always feels good to just slam down your big spirit and, and, you know, try to win the game through it. But of course it does come with that drawback as you are playing the color that doesn't have a lot of draw. You are losing two cards out of your hand. So it's like, you're really starting to play right. cards early on. So at least it does have, you know, the back and forth, but I agree with uh sphere here. It's like, you have to always then, you know, the whoever's working on white cards, you just put this card up on the board and say, okay, this is what we have to make sure we don't screw <laughs> up. Do I, how am I yeah. making this card? Is it break? Oh, no, can't do that. Like, yeah, it's always just, be at some just point. Just don't print some 12 drop of some crazy win, win block yeah. effect. That's all, mm -hmm. all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So. So, or just make the when summon really powerful and the when block like a baby like ages. Yeah, guess, just kind of just kind of exists. Yeah. yeah. Front even, it, can't get it off the rift. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. At the very least, it's like, hey, if they get a big thing out, like it, uh, what I like about the fact that all the colors exist now is that we now have the balancing colors are like, yeah, your white player can get out like a really crazy drop, but then like they can't block like the two drop curse guy that'll just kill it anyways. You know, like I, the fact that every color exists now means that there's that hopefully that kind of interaction counterplay between every color, which should kind of make things easier at the very least to deal with impactful cards like these. Because like for what it's worth, I don't mind battle spirits being the like, you know, 15 20 minute match or game or whatever as long as it felt like i played an impactful meaningful games of battle spirits right so like if this is going to be the more high powered game where it is becoming more consistent for me to drop you know my boss monsters on two and two or three as long as the components of interaction with my opponent feel like they're meaningful i don't necessarily mind the fact that the game didn't go to like turn seven you know like yeah. I, I, i'm fine with that personally yep big same uh before we kind of close out any other cards we kind of want to give highlight to that got revealed um that we kind of did not we overshot i think we talked about the most important ones but you know if there's anything that anyone really kind of has their heart going out for not really Only for me i mean i i have a list of like 12 or 15 cards that i think mm -hmm. are the best cards in the set and i mean we've either talked about them or you guys have previously so i don't really have anything else to add the only one I want to give a shout out to is the Purple Serpent Nexus, um, just because it gives us a look at more things with Curse and Blood Curse, sure, but really like leaning more into that rotting swamp, like, hey, this also cares about serpents. And now we finally got another Nexus, like, hey, I also care about serpents. So it's going to be nice to see when some of this really comes online, because you, no matter what, like, we will always talk about the high-end competitive side of like, oh, we always want to just figure out what's going to be the best deck, what's going to win. And we have this already with Pterosaurs, like just being play play all the dinos but i think there's something something to be said where at least more on the local level people just like you know going to locals be like look this is my fabled beast deck or this is my serpent deck right and you get to play into those family types so i do at least appreciate and i guess we're getting it with ancient dragons this set as well that we are seeing more of this family focus in set three 
that is not just like, hey, here's some snakes, but now also this is actually coming together. It's not there yet, but I think by the time we get to set four, we could really see some of these families, like not just pterosaurs being good. So fingers crossed, but I just thought it was a interesting nexus. And also, hey, Depths is banned now, so we have more room for <laughs> random shenanigans like this. Yeah, you know, the very first time I read this, uh, Nexus, I thought it was like the most broken Nexus in the game. And like, <laughs> because I, I thought it said it moved the core from reserve to their void. Yeah, that's and, that's and, your and, reverse ramping. And, that's busted. Yeah, and, and I'm like, this is busted. It's like playing land destruction, right? Which in, anyone who's played Magic ever know, knows that land destruction effects are the most infuriating thing to play against. And I'm like, wow, now it's in BSS. This is going to be super good. But then after I read it two and three times, I'm like, wait, this card's not very good. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's it's not that it's not very good. I mean, I think it's fine. It's just there's so much competition at four cost nexuses for purple that like, where are you ever going to play this card over like a rotting swamp? Where are you ever going to play it over like purple smoke valley and those type decks? Um, so well, I can see it right. as like maybe like a one of as like a fifth rotting swamp or something maybe. Um, but you know, I don't know if it'll ever be a focal point. Well, you just made the point. You're never playing with Purple Smoke Valley. It's an entirely sure, right. Now that's the that's the point of it. And it's also if you think about all the serpents that we just. Sorry, now I'm gonna have to go on my casual, uh, casual me rant. Um, because we just <laughs> got all those new serpents that are cursed. It is actually a core burn strategy now because all your serpents have curse and they're going to be dying and you're getting them back with either drawing off rotting swamp or rotting swamp looping them. You're constantly now being able to attack your opponent. Their spirit dies. Those cores go to the reserve. You go, oh, sorry. Now those cores get burned. So you're burning them out of the absolute ice shield or burning force mod or whatever they would have on top of now we could just play core theft if we really want to make sure. So it's this really cool actually like core burn aggressive strategy that we didn't have. Well, Technically, we had with the Impish Knight or whatever it was called in set one, like you had that kind of core burn thing, but um, it like it's a thing. I have no idea how good it's going to be, but telling my opponent that we're going to destroy their cores this entire turn and they have less and less mana available to them while I'm drawing cards and getting extra value out of it, I'm all for. So yeah, again, I'll, probably not gonna I'll, be good, I'll take your word for it because I'll be honest with you. I don't know what any of the purple cards do in set three because after <laughs> I read them, I immediately forgot them. Yeah, there's that there's bad. A bunch of uh, really cheap cursed snakes. That's that's what we got basically. Okay. And this guy's like, this is probably the most expensive one. Wait, what does this one even do? One destroyed by opponent. Sorry, I was I like that. Like, why yeah. does this guy cost four? Uh, remove uh, one four from once refresh spirits and place him into the reserve. Oh, all right, well there you go. Even more burn for it. Yeah, so that's kind of what purple does. Like you have all these troop serpents that have cursed and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, but I purple think... has my favorite card in this whole set though. Oh no, what is it? All two hands. Oh, oh, two yeah. hands, uh, dude. Uh, both hands. Oh, dude, no. <laughs> Where both is he? hands, I think he's called. He, he I, is, He's oh, gone there he is. as a one-of <laughs> in all my sideboards for the rest of eternity. Uh, so after the game, oh. I can just tell my opponent that they just got the hands. Dude. Both of them. I think, I think it is an unfortunate thing that this wasn't at least a double gem. Vanilla, just like two gems, take two hit, like both take so both of these. Opportunities oh with this my god! <laughs> but now you, you can give your opponent the hands. All right, I found what's what card I need to have you sign for me for the final. <laughs> Especially your card. Card's great. I mean, I wish I had more more reduction. Like I wanted to find a, a home for this card at some point, but like one reduction four costs. I'm like, come on, come on. Uh, maybe so, it feels maybe it was three reductions. Who knows? 
Yeah. Veldegor target or something. Alrighty then. So those were kind of the reveals going on. Uh, going into this week, things that you guys have uh, to look forward to if you're going to keep track of either the community discord or the uh, battle spirit social medias. Uh, we have the rest of the magics tomorrow. So that'll be green and blue. Uh, and then from there, it's just the XRs. Uh, you know, fingers crossed that they're not going to drip feed us one per day like they did with the lore set. Um, but uh, very excited to kind of see where those goes, what those impact. Um, you know, if our presumptions that they work with sanctuaries are going to be how good they are for their given sanctuaries um especially the ones that are already good like purple and green so that'll be very exciting to kind of see where it goes in terms of this weekend uh the chilean go will be the last grand open of the season uh and then it'll be a lore set format if you're playing at locals so have fun with your tokiwas and your god slayings there uh, and then uh, we'll have nothing for three to four weeks until we jump into the Pro Tour, which will be the first premiere event that we see with the Bandless Live. So hopefully it'll be a very exciting tournament. Fingers crossed that it gets streamed. Uh, and then we can kind of see how, uh, how Europeans will fend off against the dozen or so North Americans that I think are going at this point. So that should lend itself to being a ton of fun there. But with that said, everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Church of Pantan podcast. Of course, if you guys enjoy listening to the show, you guys can catch us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, be that Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. So if you guys prefer that, you guys can definitely go check us out there. And a five-star rating is always appreciated. With that said, we will catch you guys next week. May the cores be our saviors.